up, Joe? Living the dream. How about you, buddy? I'm uh, I'm dreaming to live. Yeah, well, you just take things too seriously, man. You gotta just relax more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just chill a little bit more and just yeah. sort of. Uh, we're in a good. I, yeah. I need to go back to smoking dope. I think. Oh yeah, that would be pleasant. I, I wasn't even thinking of that, but I just mean in general, just kind of. Uh, you know, I feel like I know everybody else. I mean, I was looking at your guys' chat. The material indicators won earlier this morning, and it's just like everybody's a macro person now, and I, and I'm like, what? I mean, I don't know what the point is at this stage <laughs> because it seems to me that I mean, I sort of have the feeling that um, you know I see positiveness here in the space. I don't see like looming decimation like so many others are are calling it. I mean, for some reason, I don't know. I feel good about it. So, um, well, it's funny, you know, I, I just put hmm? out, I just interviewed um, Josh Rosenthal, who's the guy that did the compare the parallels between the Renaissance and the American Revolution to crypto. Really fascinating shit. Um, hmm. That's on missiondefi.com, everybody, if you, if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, and I, I just did a tweet because in, in, in a clip from the um, from the um, episode, I asked him. We we were talking about. Sorry, I need to pay attention to what I'm doing here. I was in the middle of something when I started, so now I'll do that later. Um, we were talking about the the fact that um, during the Renaissance, you know, two of the big things that happened that drive this stuff is he says that you know. Uh, humans were aggregated. They were not, they had no power, no control. They, you know, whatever. And he talks about, you know, value and communications dramatically changing um, the, the printing press and double entry bookkeeping being invented um, and saying that that led to a lot of what happened in the Renaissance. That's his background. He's a historian studying manuscripts from the from that period anyway he parallels it to to the renaissance and so i asked him during the course of the conversation i said um well you know you talked about the fact that during that time initially the powers that be tried to stamp it down not allow people access to the printing press not allow people to be able to utilize it or see things that came out of it but it didn't work that it that it overflowed i said are you a little concerned because you're like 100 percent investing in in crypto projects are you a little concerned that in fact um in this atmosphere the control that governments can have and exert <clears throat> over crypto and all of the things that are going on here that that can be overcome eventually that that they will eventually have to join like they did in the printing press days i said you know do those concerns make you hesitant about more investing and he says nope i just doubled down <laughs> and i yeah. was like all right man so he's full in and i think that that, that addresses what you were kind of talking about which is you're kind of positive. We're seeing you and I are seeing a shit ton of building happening. We're seeing, you know, all kinds of uh, activity going on. The people we meet are enthusiastic. They're building. They're growing. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I, I'm very positive about DeFi. I think there are, you know, certainly problems to be addressed uh, in the space. But um, this is the tweet I did. I said, uh, "Where do we stand?" Ugh, fuck. Do not disturb. Uh, I said, where do we stand? Um, 
Regulatory shit show, on-ramps closed, maybe about five dApps are decentralized, UX is weak, centralized hosting and UI, devs reinvent and open up to exploits, TVL is incestuously cannibalized. And I said, what does Joshua Rosenthal do? Doubles down, right? I like it. Yeah, and 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 anyway, so I, I agree with you. I, I, think I, did, I think we're- Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess everybody has to, look for something to be doom and gloomy about, but um, yeah, and we're, we're down, but I was looking, remember those portfolios we picked at the, on January 1st or whatever, us, uh -huh. the, you and I, and I went back and looked at my picks and it's like, I mean, I don't, there's a couple versions around, so I don't know if, if um, FTX was in my ultimate pick box or not, but if it was, of course we know what happened there, but right. everything else is like up between 20 and 60%. Right, you know, in 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 ninety days. So, um, I mean, maybe that makes me feel a little bit more positive. And then, like you said, it, it's you know, when we were at the conference, just all of the activity that was going on, the stuff I see every day going on now, and I see wins being eked out. And yeah, sure, there's a lot of negative stuff going on, but you know, the the regulatory crackdown. But who didn't? I mean, we've been talking about that for two years. I mean, everybody knew it was coming. Yep. You know, so if you didn't get ready for it, you know, kind of shame on you. But I don't think it slowed down the rest of the world. One, I mean, I'm talking about outside of the U.S. I don't think it slowed those folk down at all. No, I agree. And look, I, uh, even if we have a crash, right, like Sean's talking about the fact that, that you know, money's leaving the system. Yeah. The, his TA says, you know, he sees a big dump down. Um, and those are all valid things to observe, think about and do. But as you said, look how high up we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look how far up we are since the beginning of the year. People should be celebrating that. People should be taking profit. People should be um, yeah. thinking about their next move and then being prepared. If there's a massive black swan friggin' dump, okay, guess what? Time to make it rich. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, that that those are the times when generational wealth are made. So we talk about this all the time. Shizzy says, I hate macro. Nothing matters but the four year cycle. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, you know, I don't know. I think even in Sean's analysis, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think that, you know, I think we've asked this a couple of times. I mean, even in those draconian situations that he puts out as potential or likely or what he thinks is going to happen. Not a, not a NFA, of course. Um, he's always talking about a deep V he's not talking about, you know, boom. And then, you know, slam the door shut and game over for <laughs> two years or something. He's talking about whatever causes that um, massive turnover at that moment that there's so many buyers down there ready to pounce that it's going to be very, very short-lived. So it is kind of a flushing of, uh, let's say, but, you know, it doesn't sound, I don't look at that as bad news. Right. You know what I mean? I look at it as good news. Let's flush out everybody who can't uh, hang or isn't risk managed properly or is, you know, way over the front of their skis. Let's let them crash out, crash and burn. Yeah. Because then that starts the next run. So I guess maybe that's part of the reason I'm not feeling as negative about stuff um and you know i just see see good things happening so i don't know 
Uh, Shizzy said, Rosenthal is a genius. That's the guy I interviewed. That interview was great. Thank you, Shizzy. Uh, loved his points. Yeah, he's just smart. I didn't have to do fucking much, man. He he can talk and he yeah. he uh, he has his theories down. Niblet says, peeps are celebrating by cashing out, it seems. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, we're hanging where we were. ETH is uh, performing nicely today uh, relative to Bitcoin. So, um, yeah. you know, I I'm, mean, not, I'm not, uh, here we are. <laughs> you know it's yeah like, i see a lot of that talk to talk too about but then why aren't the prices going down yeah, yeah you know exactly. to me it's not like i mean i know we saw sailor was buying some and i'm sure others must be too but it again tells me that the big institutional holders aren't selling and maybe everybody who sold have sold yeah, maybe um, where's your gut right now on uh the unlock on eve <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, to me, it's like, I mean, on the one hand, I say, okay, there's a bunch of supply coming online. Um, if you're staking in nodes of ETH already, you're not one that's really trading ETH, I don't think. I think you're holding ETH. Yep. So I don't know if unlocking necessarily puts you in a dump the stack mode. I think maybe it takes some profits, of course, but I don't know if I see it as a massive sell-off. And then two... I also saw some data weeks ago, months ago, that I guess that's only 14% of the total ETH position is the stuff that's staked, something right. like that. Not a not a huge, not 80%, let's say. Right, right. So, you know, if all of that came unlocked at once, um, which I don't, I doubt is the case, you know, you're talking about 14% of total value and, yeah, but you people, know, who's going to dump? A huge I chunk of those folks are going to stay in. Like, look, yeah, exactly. Anybody institutional, they may shave off some profit there, but at the end of the day, the 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 um, the most uh, I think personally, not financial advice, that a lot of people are going to stay staking. Like you know, you're turning, you're turn. If you're an ETH believer, and you believe the market has a lot of room to go up. And you want more ETH and you're already staking and you're gaining four or five, whatever it is, 6% interest, wherever you're staking, then why wouldn't you keep doing it? I mean, it's the same. Here's the other thing. The LSD market, the liquid staking derivatives market yeah. is growing. So what does that tell you? These are people who are taking staking revenue and they can pull it out anytime they want and they're not. So I, my my gut says, I think we're fine. I, I think we're fine. N Niblet says it's not just crypto bank deposits are also down too. Maybe that's why Bitcoin's hanging up. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, it makes me sort of think that, you know, when all of a sudden, I don't want to call it panic mode, but let's a regulatory panic mode, but let's call it regulatory. Oh shit. We better start doing something mode, like a sense of urgency. Yep. Um, it just seems to me like it's, it's way overkill at this point yeah. because I think everybody's already maneuvered. Um, you know, as to bank deposits, I did hear something about this smaller, medium sized banks had some outputs. Um, but a lot of that was ending up at the big four banks, you know, the two big to fail ones, because it was more of a people being afraid of not getting their balances covered. Um, I don't think that's an odd because where else does it go? I mean, unless you're buying gold or Bitcoin or something. Right. Um, and to all the cash outflows, supposedly from exchanges, I mean, is there any, I mean, I'm no expert on it, but, but, you know, 
I mean, I never leave, left, don't really participate on them anymore much, but I've never really left stuff on centralized exchanges anyhow. Right. So, you know, when I'm moving, say, ETH off of a centralized exchange, how does that show? Um, does it show as just money out or does it show that it's going into cold storage? You know, that's kind of one of the things I'm curious about is a lot of this really just because if the price isn't going down, then there's not more selling than buying. Right. So, you know, to me, the the notion of all the capital fleeing the crypto markets, um, you know, it would be course it would correspond to a decrease in price, one would think. Yep. Um, absolutely. And so I just don't know. Is a lot of this going to cold storage or you know, it's a lot of it just going to wallets, sitting in stables, waiting for something. You know, I, I just have no idea. But I don't really feel any sense of panic myself Yeah, with yeah. with anyone she's, in any sector, to yeah. be honest. Susie says, I think the ETH unlock is nothing burger. So do I. He said, most of the staked ETH is from the big four and they will restake, in my opinion. The big four being Lido, Coinbase, Rocketpool, and Frax. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, I think Frax has control. All of those others have liquid staking and you know, except for Coinbase. Um, so I look, I, I just think that we're not going to have an issue. Uh, hey, there's been a big rug pull, or it looks like there's about to be a big rug pull. What? Okay. Yeah, Texas, it's the Texas uh, state of Texas government is about to pull the um, incentives for miners in Texas. Mm. So all those folks that moved all those machines from China and elsewhere into Texas about to lose some of their, uh, their mining incentives for stabilizing the energy system. I'm not sure that Texas has rebuilt their energy system. I, I don't know if that's in their best interest at this point, but uh, I haven't heard whether this passed or not. Uh, but well, come did, to Florida. It did, it did get through committee uh, vote 10 to zero, which is that's a lot of Republicans because um, that's a Republican um, Senate. So yeah. um, a little surprised to see that, frankly, um, and the timing is a bit strange. Uh, I'm not sure if they're hurting for revenue or what the deal is, but uh, kind of ugly. Yeah, I'm surprised that the mining firms down there didn't step up and throw more money around. Yeah. To these really like is. state Senate groups. That's kind of surprising to me, unless they're already on the way out, you know, heading to Florida um, or Maybe. something like that. Maybe. You get some solar going. But, um, you know, I, I think, again, all this energy FUD. I mean, it's just all friggin' nonsense, to be honest. I, I just, it, it shocks me when people still bring up the proof of work, you know, mining costs. It makes no sense to me. So um, I think it's just one, again, you know, it's, if you're doing, if you're trying to stymie use, you know, you're going to go after various propaganda themes. And, you know, that's one of them. It resonates yeah. with lots of people. So, um, and nobody has a time to figure out if it's true or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. we know it's, part of it's true a lot of it's not um so to me i just find that is another way to scare people off um but at the same time we keep coming back to nasdaq still in custody or shortly getting ready to and fidelity already is yep exactly. so if those two are doing it i mean come on it's here to stay yeah, um I so agree, so i again back to my overall feeling of not negativity 
Uh, Phantom Network has added uh, D.Fi's security tools to bolster DAP protection. So this is a company that's analyzed 12 million issues from 1.15 million smart contracts in the past two years. So they have this auto scanner that can actually scan through um, all the smart contracts on Phantom and then mm -hmm. warn and alert users if there's a potential issue with a particular contract. This to me is just... You know, we talked the other day about Phantom and has there been any news? These guys just keep cranking on the fundamentals. You know, they're just building the base fundamentals. Um, account extraction, this is the second automated security system being built into Phantom at the protocol level, you know, making it easier for users to be to protected and making it easier for developers to make sure what they're building and deploying is safer. Um, the FVM is going to deploy. You know, I'm, I have not... I am still a fanboy. They're uh, going to decrease um, number of tokens required for validator nodes, which will further decentralize the network. Just they're just I I really like this way they're positioning themselves. Everybody else is not everybody else. Others are flailing about for attention, playing the hype game, etc. And they're just building and plugging away. And that yeah, they'll put out a press release about it, but they're not they're not. This they're, they're really taking a, hey, we're building a platform. We're building a system that'll last for the long term. We have 30 years of, of runway. We have a powerful development team. Just watch us build, right? So I'm, I'm really, really, really impressed with the turnaround uh, of kind of general management and communications over there. Yeah, no, they are organized. Um, and I do like the fact that... Uh, that they aren't hyping. I think that their challenge is going to be to um, attract new protocols and new, um, I guess, transaction volume uh, to the chain against all the other, the 120 other chains, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, B and B chain has a pretty compelling offering going on. The guy's coming on, you know, Merrick is he's not, I can't, I'm on my phone, so I can't see if he's there. By but, the way, did you send him the, uh, yeah, I did. I okay. sent it to the PR guys. Yeah. Okay, good. Because uh, he's not you know, here. Yeah, he'll, he'll be here. I think he might have been set up for 1230. I'm not sure. But, oh, okay. you know, here, it, the PR guy is monitoring everything, too. So, um, but, you know, I mean, these guys are carbon negative. So to me, I mean, they focus on a lot of climate type projects, but, you know, that's just one chain. There's, there's so many. Yeah, we got the Cordal guys and their Satoshi Plus mechanism. So, you know, there's so much clutter pending out there we see what we see because we're in the u.s but you know when you look at what like say africa sees you know they're seeing stuff that we don't even know exists for them yep. at this point you know so so i think with phantom they have to kind of lever on what they have which is you know i guess the speed and and you know all of those components um with their was it lachesis consensus mechanism yep. um and then bring in big protocols i mean beyond financial right you know not just financial stuff i think we're seeing you know like hive mapper stuff like genomes dow stuff like you know the tokenization stuff that chuck talks about a lot you know real world asset play stuff i think i think those kind of plays you know would really do well on say phantom right. uh because of its the way it's it's built and because of its you know kind of um, and I say this is a compliment, you know, boutique size, they're sort of more agile and maneuverable than say the bigger ones. So, I mean, that's, 
they're a challenge in my mind. Um, you know, on top of everything else that everybody else has to deal with. Uh, but, but I do like, I like their style. I like the way they present themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Niblet said, listen to Josh interview. I disagree with the premise of individuals earning return on their data. That data is worthless only when aggregated. And then it's the relationship between the data, not the individual data themselves that are the value. See legal concept transformation of value. Not sure what he means. As an individual, you don't own or contribute to the creation of the relationship that are the value. I guess I have an unpopular opinion on this one. Overall, great interview, meaty conversation. So, um, first of all, I think there are some individualized cases. Um, medical <clears throat> genetics, as Joe and I have talked about a lot, where individual data can be incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. Secondarily, I think there are. Um, segments of data that will be incredibly valuable. I understand, um, John, your niblets, your point about the fact that um, an individual's data by itself doesn't have value. But in order for the, the whole of the data to have value, the interrelationships between the data to have value, you have to have people participating. And so I think the point is, is that when we get to a state where um, social media is potentially no longer centralized and no longer um, being your data being sold in aggregate with for free, that members that join that the networks that are being built will actually be built on the premise of your data automatically qualifies you for earning. And so I think that's the flip. Um, I'm certainly um, interpreting for Josh here, so I, I don't want to do that. But the the I think the end value is going to be um, that the social media landscape changes enough that everyone that joins and participates and shares the data is expecting to be compensated for that. The other thing that gets really interesting now um, is what happens as AI advances based on the content that we create? Um, currently, you know, ChatGPT from OpenAI is just taking free data off the internet. But at some point, there will be um, content that is being aggregated. Um, and as social media landscape changes to owned content, it's going to be really interesting to see um, if AI actually increases the value of that data. I have no idea. Chuck said, niblets, the value in your data happens when you create, curate it, when you pick friends, when you express preferences, when you disclose demographics, et cetera. Niblets said, Chuck, I agree because this act creates relationship and that's the value creation, not you as a data island. I don't disagree with niblets that <clears throat> my data by itself has, has less value in terms of social media. Um, I do disagree. I do just think that the landscape of social media will change and everyone will get compensated for their data in some way. So anyway, well, I think it's part of a bigger data puzzle. I mean, if we're just, are we just talking about social media data at this point? I mean, well, you know, yeah, if you I just mean, look, yeah. If you just look at a Silicon Valley example of what's happened since Gmail, basically, I mean, you could see what you could do with the data. Um, I mean, yeah. the whole field of, you know, predictive analytics, uh, big data, you know, all of those things come from, you know, sifting. We used to, what did we call it back in the, the nineties, uh, data mining, I think yeah. <laughs> on this, in those Oracle databases or whatever. And, um, you know, it's all about optimizing delivery of messaging and most likely advertisement in these types of, of scenarios. So you can monetize it. 
But to me, it's, it is, as Chuck said, it is for the moment. And particularly when you look at, you know, not just, you know, digital user behavior, but in r real world behavior. And then, you know, you take it all the way. I mean, we're talking about social media here, but you take it down to say the genomic data and you look at how important that really is because it does have behavioral cues in it, you know, by based upon certain gene sequences you have or don't have, which would allow you to really micro focus on advertising and messaging into triggering people and particularly through social media. But, you know, um, we just look at how tribes are built now, you know, at a very rudimentary levels, I mean, stronger and stronger. So to me, I think it's, you know, that's why this data in general is so important to be held by yourself. And, and I think it, does turn into a gig economy thing, whether it's like Hive Mapper or Uber or Lyft or, you know, um, any of those. Remember all those like distributed computing platforms back in the dot com days where oh, yeah. the, the idle uh, processor power or the between the keystroke processor power was aggregated for different tasks. I mean, you know, once you start pooling all of that, you know, with say, you know, I guess instance data or, or things that you do or decisions you make, um, they can get pretty scary pretty fast. Yep. And I think, I think everybody really wants that data in individual hands um, versus, you know, corporate hands or government hands. That's yeah. the scary part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Niblet says SETI. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was exactly. one that was given. We had a client that was doing something with um, similar, but they were doing it with uh, what would be back then. It was like rendering. So I guess that was like, you know, 3D rendering for animation. This was back right. in like 99. Right. The other one was uh, oil and gas exploration was a big one. And there was some, you know, there was one or two other big ones, but the idea is that it was aggregating all of that. So if you think about now with, you know, all these data profiles we've left everywhere over the last 20 years. And then our kids and what they've ex put out there psychologically and all of the, you know, scrolling through Snap and Insta and all those places, you know, all those survey ones that roll through there. Um, you know, there's a pretty big set of data out there that everybody has. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to be. How is that deployed and how is it used to really get at basic things like biological proof of identity, um, you know, voting influence, um, you know, all kinds of different things. Absolutely. So, you know, could, could be scary, could be positive. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, okay. Let's see what else I have uh, until our guest arrives. Um, oh, layer zero, uh, cross-chain um, platform, cross-chain messaging platform that's becoming very popular very quickly um, you know, talk about another positive sign. There are still people putting $120 million into a protocol layer play um, at a $3 billion valuation. Um, so, um, you know, to me, um, there's money still playing and coming into this. So, yeah, uh, looks like our guest may be here. Uh, oh, excellent. Says Charlie. But, uh, oh yeah, he's sitting in. He's that's Charlie from um, the PR agency. Yeah, no, so I knew that. Just, I knew it was okay. that Charlie, but I just didn't know. Uh, I, I can't see his face, but um, I didn't know if Merrick was here yet. So okay, Charlie, oh. we're gonna wait till Merrick gets on board. Um, if you can hear us, 
So uh, anyway, so $120 million at a $3 billion valuation for a protocol layer cross-chain messaging platform. Um, really good sign. And um, if you remember, who was that? What was the cross-chain messaging platform we met at East Denver? Oh, uh, um, Axelar? Yeah, Axelar. And then the protocol Squid that's built on top of it that has the cross-chain yep. messaging. So um, look, I... I don't think big investors are, you know, uh, folding up and going home. You know, no. I think they see the promise and the capability and what's possible and they're going to keep uh, diving in. So uh, Paxful never had used it. I had heard of them before is shutting down. CEO is blaming staff departures and regulatory challenges, but there also is um, it's also rumored that there were a number of issues with a former partner suing, uh, the exchange and some other issues that had come up. So uh, let's cut off the news for now. We have uh, our guests here. Uh, I don't know. Does Charlie want to join the show or he's just hanging out? Let's put it. I think he's here. just hanging out or uh, either way is cool. Charlie, you want to be on the show? Hey, hey, hey. No, <laughs> no, hey, guys. no, no. Um, hey, buddy. No, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in your conversation with Merrick. So I'll, uh, I'll just be hanging out in the waiting room. That's All, right, buddy. All right. Good to Thank see you. you. Dude. Thanks All for right. Good to out. see you, man. See you. All right, Merrick, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good, Where buddy. in the world are you today? Sorry? Where in the world are you today? Oh, I'm in the Bay Area. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right, first question, Joe, and I need to have answered is, how do you pronounce it? Cello? That is or cello. correct. Uh, cello. cello. Okay. Excellent. Uh, cello means purpose in Esperanto. Um, Aha. But for pronunciation, I tell people to just imagine that they're using the short form of Marcelo. Ah, very nice. Ah. Good way to remember it. I like that. I like that. All right. So um, I had heard of Cello before. I've taken a look again, kind of to update myself. Um, you guys have been building this for quite a while. You have some impressive projects built into it. Um, you have a very uh, positive um a positive approach to how you're approaching building and growing uh, to give back and as well to um, have a kind of purpose behind what you're doing. But if you could real quickly tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us uh, about Cello, wh why it's here, why it exists and what you think its role is and, and you know uh, what it brings to the table in terms of um, users and, and developers, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, in terms of my background, um, I have a computer science background, um, originally from Poland, but grew up in Singapore. Um, studied first at the University of Toronto, uh, and then went to MIT for my PhD. Uh, and it was at MIT that I met Rene, one of my co-founders for Cello. Uh, but before we started Cello, we started a machine learning company out of MIT in 2011. That did well, it got acquired. Um, and so then a few years later, we got back together and started thinking about what we wanted to do next. Um, and we teamed up with Sepp Kamvar, who was an MIT professor that we got to know along the way um, from that first company. Um, Sepp had just left MIT, and he's also a very uh, um, successful entrepreneur. He started a company back in um, 2001, I think, that um, was doing personalized search uh, that Google then acquired, and, and that became 
uh, initially iGoogle and eventually kind of the foundation of all of Google's kind of personalization technology. Um, and so the three of us you know, around 2017 uh, were thinking about what we wanted to do next. And we wanted to do something really big, something mission driven, something that we could really sink our teeth into for the rest of our lives. Um, and um, the more we looked at the opportunity um, that crypto was was presenting to really completely and utterly change the way that uh, everyone does um, uh, finance, uh, the more we realized that you know this was this was the thing that we wanted to to uh, focus on. And so we initially started trying to build a really easy to use um, wallet. Think of it as a kind of a global Venmo-like wallet on top of Ethereum. Mm -hmm. um, and we couldn't get something that was easy enough to use um, for, for you know, the masses. And so that took us down the path of um, creating Celo, uh, um, which, which is an EVM-compatible chain. Uh, you can think of it as being within the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, but it has a few extra features relative to Ethereum that make it particularly good for building really easy to use um, mobile experiences for DeFi uh, and for Web3 in general. Um, and so those features are, you know, first and foremost, we have a really great proof of stake consensus protocol that's been live for um, close to three years now. Um, it has one block finality, really short block times. Um, nice no rollbacks ever um and so from a ux perspective it's just really really nice when you're transacting to as a consumer to know that you never have to worry about the transaction being rolled back yes um, so that's number one number two um you know there's a lot of talk about account abstraction these days and, and this was something you know that we've been thinking about for a long time and one of the most important things that we found um early on is that paying for gas with a volatile asset is just way too intimidating for most users. Right. Uh, and so we have natively support for paying for gas with tokens on Celo. Um, and so that means that if you send a stable coin or you transact with a stable coin, um, say that you're putting a stable coin into a, into a DEX pool um, or you're just sending it to someone, you never have to worry about having um, a volatile asset like Celo. Uh, and soon with um, to pay for the transaction fee, you can just use um, you can just use uh, the stablecoin. Um, I don't know if you've ever been stuck with USDC on an account where you just don't have a gas currency to move it forward. Like sure, exactly the behavior that we're trying to avoid. Um, and then the final final thing um, that I think is really really neat. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of talk about the importance of like clients uh, and. You know, I think it's mostly talk for many folks, but, you know, we put our heads down and spent years of research and invested years of development to create a ZK uh, snark based like client. So nice. you can actually sync with the chain with just a few kilobytes of data uh, by downloading one of these snark proofs and then verifying it. That's awesome. Um, it in terms of kind of the the mobile first nature of this thing, which is one of the first things you guys emphasize on the website. Um, is this is this in the form of kind of the tools and capabilities that you're giving to developers to help them focus on it? Or is it more of a philosophical approach to, hey, we want to make sure that every project that comes on board here is um, developing mobile? It's both. Okay. Um, so certainly, um, 
you know, we if, if anybody, you know, is listening and, and wants to build mobile uh, experiences, and absolutely, we're, we're always looking to uh, to connect with folks like that and, and to bring them to, to the platform and to have them build really great uh, user experiences for mobile devices. Um, but we also have, you know, work that we've done to make you be able to do really nice things. And so one of those things was the like client that I mentioned. Another thing that we have is, is this thing called Social Connect, which is a, um, it's an evolution of our original decentralized phone verification protocol. You can think of it as an as a interoperable um, registry that maps, in, in a privacy-preserving way, uh, maps um, encrypted phone numbers with wallet addresses. Uh, and this allows folks to effectively uh, find each other uh, and uh, send value to instead of address uh, instead of public key derived addresses, you can send value to phone numbers instead. Uh, and nice. this works across wallets, so not just for one wallet, but it's a standard that works across uh, multiple wallets. Um, and and that's really neat. Um, a lot of people talk about you know the Facebook social graph as being one of the biggest you know social graphs and the importance of trying to kind of tap into that but in my mind the the biggest social graph in the world is is the amalgamation of everyone's contact lists and everyone's uh, pocket and everyone's phone which you know not only is bigger it's also a decentralized uh, social graph which is right cool. um, and so we worked really hard to to let folks build products that tap into that social graph that's awesome now uh, that that to me makes a ton of sense um in terms of you talked about um I think in here you talk about um, that that I, I, are you guys providing pre-built kind of code blocks that help? Um, is that what you mean by 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 that that you're providing tools to developers to actually speed development, um, making use of protocol components that you guys provide? Yeah, so Social Connect, you can think of it as a library, and and uh, and we have um, lots of information, example code for how to use it. Um, but we also have something called Cello Composer, um, which which is a nice tool that, that lets you um, get up and running. You basically, it's a command line tool that asks you what frameworks you want to use, what languages you want to use, and it just it spits out um, a starter project for you to get going. Um, oh, that's awesome. That, that's been really well received. Great. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of the market we're in right now, you know, look, we're it's a highly competitive space for for chains, uh, layer ones and layer twos. What's it been like, you all, kind of to grind it out? You know, um, you've been at this, I guess, about three years now, um, and you've got big protocols and and projects in in the system. But it's like I said, it's a highly competitive space. What? What's it been like for you all in terms of growing the user base? And are you really longer term focused more on what you can do to onboard new consumers into the space based on your focus on ease of use and account abstraction and, and the social connect functionality? Yeah, I think I think certainly people building on Celo um, probably have a bigger focus on uh, on crypto newbie type folks and bringing them into the ecosystem. Right. Um, and, and again, it makes sense given the ease of use and everything. Um, the There are a lot of, you know, blue chip um, Ethereum 
DeFi protocols that are also on Celo. So right. uh, Uniswap V3 launched last year, um, you know, before BNB chain, I think we were uh, back then um, one of the only layer ones of Ethereum that they supported. Uh, Curve launched last year as well um, and um, uh, have some, you know, pretty uh, compelling incentives uh, going on right now for some of the pools on Celo. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, there's been you know just uh, you know sushi swap pulled together a whole bunch of you know well-known um, uh, Ethereum uh, protocols coming, and you know that's certainly been good for the ecosystem and for TVL on Celo. I think we we have more TVL on Celo than um, you know folks like Tezos and Near and uh, Aptos and Algorand. Um, so I think in, in that regard, you know, we're doing quite well. Uh, active addresses um, have also been growing over the last little bit. Uh, fun fact, last month we broke our all-time high in terms of uh, monthly active addresses. So, you know, we're, we're seeing more usage of the platform now than, than we were even at the peak of the last bull market. So, yeah, it, it's... Uh, Obviously, a lot of work to uh, to kind of uh, help nurture uh, one of these types of ecosystems, but you know things are going really well. Yeah, I mean, I could see I could see that it would be difficult to kind of straddle that. Hey, we really want to focus on onboarding new people, but at the same time, the chain has to has to function with with the folks that already exist within in DeFi in order to have the financial incentives to get people in and and to get projects in. So I'm sure I, I'm sure that's a that's not an easy thing to do, um, but it sounds like you guys are having some pretty good success in 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 bridging that gap. So that's great. Hey, Merrick, um, tell us about the Google deal that you announced today. Yes, uh, so um, the Stella Foundation and uh, and Google Cloud uh, have just entered a new kind of partnership. Uh, that is designed to, to offer uh, new founders uh, starting projects on Celo uh, access to Google Cloud credits. Uh, yeah. Google uh, also generously offered um, uh, time to, to help mentor uh, folks as well. Um, wow, nice. So, um, yeah, it's just the beginning of, you know, uh, us working together with, with them, and we're, we're really excited, um, you know, the... Uh, the company that that where all of the um, public goods um, development happens uh, in the cell ecosystem, C Labs, uh, they've been long uh, time Google Cloud um, um, kind of users, and you know I think we've uh, we've definitely had a really great experience building with Google Cloud, and so uh, we're just excited to be able to to help people building on top of Celo also have access to, to those great uh, tools uh, and infrastructure and to do it in a way that's also, um, you know, free to get started. So uh, really stoked about that. Um, yeah, they've been really wonderful to collaborate with so far. That's excellent. great. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, one of the things I talked about earlier that I really um, liked is that you all are really doing a lot of push on social impact. So there are a number of projects in the space that are focused on, uh, financial inclusion that are focused on donating and giving money to um, to other places in the world that need it. What kind of 
how has that approach worked for you all? What, how do you, how are you recruiting and getting people to build from that perspective instead of, um, I mean, it, it's quite the mix, right? A, a lot of developers in this space would love to give back and, and have their projects maybe give a per percentage of revenue to some, to some project, but actually bringing in teams that will actually build for that social impact. I, that's gotta be a really interesting proposition. How are you guys approaching that? How are you recruiting for that? And how's that working out for you? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, especially UBIs and social dividends, this has been something on our minds ever since we started even writing the white paper back in 2017. Nice. Uh, so if you go to the original white paper, there's a whole section about social dividend. We're just really mm -hmm. excited about the, you know, the ability of, of having programmable money um, uh, be used in new and innovative ways. And, and we thought... Um, uh, UBI could certainly be one of them. Uh, and so we've been really, uh, I would say, maybe fortunate that, um, you know, this really resonated with builders in, in the ecosystem who are hearing about us at first. And, and, you know, many of them, you know, just came to us. So Impact Market is a nice. great example of this. They've been around, you know, from, from quite an early uh, time on, on the platform. They fundraise over $3 million and they've uh, dispersed wow. that to, um, I think, 60,000 or so beneficiaries um, giving out on the order of 50 cents a day uh, to folks. Um, it's really, I would say, a, a pretty impressive case study for Web3 because if, you, um, if you're familiar with the kind of direct giving um, an industry give directly is, is is a leader in the space. I would say um, using traditional financial rails, um, and, and for a while they were deemed to be one of the most low overhead ways of of doing of donating. Um, but then you know when you add crypto rails to the mix, uh, suddenly um, you know imp impact market can is an order of magnitude more. Uh, efficient uh, than than even give directly, um, and so you know their their overheads are an order of magnitude lower. Um, and so if you're excited about crypto, if you're listening and you're excited about crypto and you're excited about uh, about giving, uh, I would definitely check out uh, Impact Market because I think they've done a, a really wonderful job. Uh, they have beneficiaries in, in favela communities in in Brazil, all throughout West Africa. They even went into Afghanistan after the U.S. pulled out, and have even done uh, stuff in the Ukraine uh, wow. since the war started. So, um, really, really great project. Um, and then another one that um, maybe folks have heard of uh, is Good Dollar. So Good Dollar started actually on a different chain, uh, but but in the last two months they've migrated entirely to to Celo because they mm -hmm. uh, the mission really resonates with them. They're seeing folks like Impact Market uh, succeeding on on Celo, and uh, and so um, you know I think there's this kind of shelling point happening where it just makes sense for for these kinds of projects to all be on the same place, and so. Uh, definitely check out Good Dollar as well. It's it's a really wonderful uh, project as well. I I noticed the Kickstarter logo here. What what kind of relationship do you have with Kickstarter? This is interesting to me. Yeah, so about a year and a bit ago, Kickstarter announced that they are planning to decentralize their um, um, product. Oh, I had no hmm. idea. 
and and committed to doing so on Celo. So nice. we're absolutely thrilled um, about about the work that's going on there. Um, you know, they are a bigger company, and so these things take take uh, longer. Um, sure. But I think they're going to be uh, sharing uh, something at the next um, Cello community call, which we call the Cello Block Party. Um, so that will be a, a great place to get get an update directly from the horse's mouth. But yeah, we're absolutely thrilled. I mean, I think Kickstarter has played, you know, such a fundamental role, I would say, in society over the last uh, 15 years or so that they've been around. And uh, to see them now you know get excited about crypto and um and to come up with new and interesting ways for for folks to be able to you know back new and exciting projects um yeah i'm just absolutely thrilled that's awesome and from a from a development perspective um is this all solidity based uh for writing contracts for for the platform Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So Cello is uh, fully EVM compatible down to the last Ethereum hard fork. Uh, we we kind of commit to, to following Ethereum. Um, and um, and we're we're doing work to to actually make uh, yeah, that Cello composer, the thing I, I mentioned before, it's a really great tool for, for getting getting started. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're um, one thing that I kind of alluded to earlier uh, that I'm really excited about. Since we can pay for gas with tokens on Cello, right? Uh, we're we're working to add support for WET as a gas currency. As well. Oh, wow! Nice. So folks will be able to bridge ETH over to Cello. Uh, and then be able to to just transact, you know, as they would normally without without having to uh, even even buy Celo uh, or or one of those stablecoin assets. Um, there's three stablecoins that you can also use for for gas: one pegged to the US dollar, one to the uh, euro, and one to the Brazilian real. Very nice. Um, in terms of bridges, I saw layer zero in the mix here. Um, are there a number of ways to kind of get on or people coming on from centralized exchanges? What, what's, uh, what's that experience like to kind of onboarding um, if you're already in the crypto world? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so all the major bridges support Celo. Um, you mentioned layer zero, but you know, also wormhole, uh, also multi-chain, um, uh, Axelar, uh, Allbridge, uh, Hyperlane, um, pretty much, um, and I'm probably forgetting a few, uh, pretty much all the major bridges support Celo. Um, nice. And, and then, of course, the, the Celo asset is in all the major uh, exchanges on Coinbase, on, um, on Binance. On Coinbase, the Coinbase um, listed the asset with... Uh, um, Kind of uh, an out-of-date ticker, so it's it's actually CGLD on on Coinbase, but it's the same exact uh, it's the same exact asset. Okay. Um, Sell a launch with full on-chain governance, and one of the first governance proposals was to rename the ticker to Cello. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool, right? Like having a, a decentralized ecosystem, uh, having any, anybody you know propose. Um, these kinds of changes, and um, and you know, I think ultimately the community agreed that it made sense. And uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's been difficult for Coinbase to, to update that. Have you um? How have you guys structured um the the governance um if it's on chain or is it um 
is it holding? Is it validators that are that are able to vote on proposals? Kind of how does that work for you all? And and what's it been like um, building and growing while also uh, community governing? Yeah, <clears throat> great question. So um, yeah, Celo is a is a proof of stake uh, network, so folks can um, lock their Celo. Um, to use the vernacular that we use in, in the ecosystem, so you can lock your cello, um, and once you've locked that, you can you can vote uh, to you can help secure the network by kind of voting or delegating to to validators that, that you trust that you think will do a good job of securing the network, uh, and you can also participate in in on-chain governance votes. Uh, and then when you're ready to to unlock, we have a three-day unbonding period for regular users, and then for validators. It's it's a little longer um, because we want a, a really long objectivity window. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Uh, you can participate, yeah, just by by locking your cello. There's a bunch of apps that, that enable that. Um, but uh, we're also um, uh, or the ecosystem also launched uh, liquid staked cello recently, NFT oh. uh, cello, uh, and they're about to uh, update it to allow you to also participate in governance and, and also uh, pick exactly which validators you want to uh, secure the network. Um, and so for many people, uh, Liquid Stake Cello will be an easier way to, to participate in, in the staking ecosystem, in, in, in the Cello ecosystem. Cool. I'm sure you don't want to um, show favorites, but if you were going to point people, um, crypto native folks to two or three different um, apps within the within the ecosystem to get started and, and figuring out Celo and, and what they think about it. What, where would you point them? If you don't mind, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, it's okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. So, I mean, I'm biased because I'm also involved with uh, a wallet called Valora. Oh, nice. The native wallet uh, on Celo that highlights and uses all of those really cool features that I mentioned at the beginning. Nice. I think I, I mentioned that we started off by trying to build a really easy right. wallet on Ethereum. So we ended up building that on Celo and, and, and then we spun it out to be its own company. Uh, and, and so it's called Valora. You can find it at, at valora.xyz. Uh, I'm just going to put the URL here. Uh, cool. And um, oh, it looks like I maybe can't. Um, but um, yeah, and the reason I recommend it is because it has a DApps um, browser. Um, so it's Valora at the end. Yeah. Oh, A at the end? Looks like Google corrected it, yeah. Um, and the reason I recommend it is because there's a, there's a DApps browser um, nice. to the wallet, which uh, you can use to, to discover a whole bunch of interesting dApps in the, in the ecosystem. Um, you know, I already mentioned all the DEXs like Uniswap and Curve and Sushi and Ubiswap. Um, there's some really great saving protocols as well uh, that, that you can access either through Valora or MetaMask or any wallet that you like. Um, you know, most folks probably have heard of Pool Together, maybe. Uh, another interesting one is Halo. Um, which has a cool gamification element for saving. Uh, they were previously called Good Ghosting. Um, and, you know, for lending, you know, we have um, Mula and Chi, um, but there is currently a, a governance proposal. I guess speaking of governance proposals, there's a governance proposal right now that will bring Chainlink to, to Celo. Mm. It looks like it's going to pass tomorrow. Wow. Um, and so that will uh, open the door for even more like Ave and stuff to, to come. Yeah. To 
Um, and then, you know, I think for, for the hardcore um, DGEN audiences, um, there's a really cool new protocol that was incubated in the Celic system called Numoen, N-U-M-O-E-N. Um, N-U-M-O-E-N. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're doing some, um, um, great stuff, um, with, um, with leverage. So anybody who's interested, um, let me, let me find their URL. Okay. Um, anybody who's interested in, in, um, Newmoen.com. Uh, with leverage, you know, might might find them interesting. Um, and um, the thing, my keyboard stopped working, so I won't uh -oh. be able to find it. But um, <laughs> the they're cool. And then there's another interesting. Um, um offering that also allows leverage called uh immortal x immortal um, x i like the name yeah they're, they're currently um in testnet but they have a paper trading competition that's going on right now nice. uh, so both of those are, are really good for for more hardcore um uh for more hardcore um uh, traders and dgens in the audience and you can find them all by going to docs.cello.org okay uh, and then there's a there's an ecosystem um tab that lets you kind of find all of the different projects oh i was spelling it back i was adding an i was spelling with an m at the front i misunderstood what you were saying oh yeah so here's a good place to kind of get in and see everything oh that's great totally. yeah now this is this is a great resource for everyone that's awesome um, yeah. Um, so Real quickly, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you: Do you do you feel like um, with Valora, you're getting closer to what your original goal was from your original wallet product that moved you into building a chain? Yes. Yeah. So I think um, you know one of the goals that we had early on was to to make it really easy uh, for anybody to you know send value to any phone number in the world. You know, inspired by WhatsApp, we wanted to do to, to money what WhatsApp did to um, 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 messages. Right. Uh, and in, in in one regard, you can say that we've succeeded in that once you've created a Valora wallet, you can send value to, to any phone number. Um, and um, and the um, but I think the challenge is still on and off ramping, right? The value yeah. is only useful right. if you can on and off ramp sure. uh, anywhere in the world. Um, and so that's what we're working on right now. Um, and we have this, and you know, naturally we've been adding on and off ramps uh, market by market. I think we've integrated like 12 or something. Um, more actually probably more than that by now. And, you know, engineers started getting <laughs> tired of having to do these bespoke custom integrations. Right. Um, and you know, when you think about it in order to make it really easy for people to on and off ramp in every country in the world, um, especially with native experiences that look and feel just like a, attaching an account, uh, to your Venmo wallet. Right. Um, that's going to require you know, potentially hundreds of companies 
that all have money transmission licenses in their respective markets, right. that all have local banking relationships so they can keep fees really low. It's going to require potentially hundreds of those companies popping up and then integrating with wallets. Um, and, you know, luckily that's great because crypto, you know, is all about um, getting lots of companies working together and kind of rowing in the same direction. So, so I think crypto is a really great way to realize that. Um, but it can't happen with just uh, bespoke custom integrations right. between wallets and on off ramps. So we need something that kind of did what Wallet Connect did, where, where it unified um, the interface between wallets and dApps. Um, and so one thing that we've done recently is launch Fiat Connect. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was coming as soon as you went down this path. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really, Wait, so really you've nice. launched... You've launched a company to fix the banks, fix access to the banks so that we can get people to crypto so they don't need the banks. I love that. That's Yeah. Brilliant. So it's not a company. It's 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 a fully project. open project. It's just oh, nice. uh, it's an API standard um, uh, dot org um, okay. that um, basically makes it really easy uh, for wallets to connect with on and off ramps um, and for wallets critically to, to control the uh, the UX um, and and then just have the on and off ramps kind of provide the uh, the conversion from from crypto to, to fiat in the back end. That's brilliant. Um, and with a standard, what's really cool is suddenly you can um, as a wallet, once you've onboarded, um, you know, one on and off ramp provider, if a new one pops up uh, and has also implemented the the standard, then you just need to ch change a configuration, like a line in a configuration file, to add a new on and off ramp. Um, and so that's the that's the vision behind Fiat Connect. Um, that's brilliant. Uh, What's even more cool. brilliant is that you've open sourced it. Um, um, and made it available to anybody that wants to access it. That's that's fantastic, man. That's really that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. No, we. I mean, we're big believers in, in open source and, and having this be a public good for for the whole Web three ecosystem to to benefit from. Um, and it's it's been going well. Um, you know, to to launch something that becomes a standard is not is not easy. Um, uh, and this page is already quite out of date. This is from last year. So that list of uh, logos on the bottom has grown significantly. Nice. Um, but um, um, to, to make, to, to try to help create this shelling point, uh, we, the Seller Foundation, I should say, launched a big incentive program, $20 million of incentives uh, going towards on and off ramp companies uh, that have implemented Fiat Connect and launched it and so that's really accelerated the adoption of it and um and now there's um as of just a few weeks ago the first markets went live i think there's six markets now nigeria kenya uganda ghana india and the philippines that are now live uh, and there's something like 50 more markets that are about to turn on um and so it's pretty exciting because you know the experience in the wallet is um again looks and feels like venmo that's um, beautiful and uh it's fully native fully integrated um but you know the end result is that people can uh can kind of cash in and out really easily um we had some user quotes that were pretty fun from people using it um we had someone in nigeria who said that 
like we had like all the usual codes for people who were really excited that they could, you know, they didn't have to use P2P exchanges, that that the money, it even worked with mobile money, could go into their mobile money account. Nice. Uh, but one user said, this is very, very okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I think, and I think he's right. Like, like on and off ramping sh- doesn't have to be, it shouldn't yeah. be anything more than that. Yeah. It should just work. It should be like, yeah very basic that's awesome uh, and and ultimately the way we should all think about it is just being okay uh um, that's fantastic embrace the tagline that's <laughs> awesome that is that is that is great i love that wow you guys got a lot going on merrick this is fantastic i really um i really appreciate the introduction to cello because i, I frankly was not educated so um i i want to take a deeper dive now uh, i love the ethos of what you're doing um i love your approach to to the market, to social impact, and and to to how you're approaching developers and how they develop for the ecosystem, I think it's amazing. And um, Fiat Connect is just a an incredible bonus on yeah. top of all that. So uh, thank you for releasing that to the world as well. But um, I, I I love what you're doing. Is there anything else we should know about Cello before we before we say goodbye? Yeah, I mean, definitely follow us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is celloorg. Um, so at cello and then org. Okay. Um, you know, you can find us in Discord at chat.cello.org. Uh, and then if you're, again, like a DJ and looking for interesting opportunities, I think Cello Tracker, uh, oh, Tracker. Has, okay. has a list of all the different pools and opportunities. Nice. And so, uh, actually, I'll, that would be I'll put all of these links in the show note. That's when uh, uh, the majority of the folks that pay attention to the show do it in the podcast in the audio format. So I'll make sure um, we put those links in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, they have, I think it's the DeFi tab will kind of list. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, different, um, different pools. Or maybe it's the... There's one tab here that will that will show you. Yeah. Here. Oh, there you are. And if you sort it by uh, APR, it'll, it'll kind of give you what, what folks might be interested in. So. Wow, we have plenty of DJs. Well, look at that. That's great. Okay. Yeah, those are some nice, some nice returns. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Merrick, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd love to. When you guys have more news coming out, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to have you back on, Charlie. Thank you for. Uh, setting this up. You've been a great help to, as a friend of the show. And uh, we really appreciate you uh, all the great work you've done for us. So thanks very much, Merrick and um, cello.org, C-E-L-O.org. And I will put all of this in the show notes. So uh, every link that we've discussed will be there for everybody that wants to grab it. But thanks so much, Merrick. Yeah. Thanks, Merrick. Appreciate it, buddy. Bye-bye. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I know. When I met him, um, at the Denver, uh, through Charlie, I was, uh, I think it was, yeah, Charlie and I think it's, it was Charlie, the one who definitely put us physically together, but probably the team is probably behind it as well at Waxman. Um, you know, I was like, this guy is super impressive. And, and, you know, the fact that it was, had been around for a while, I was like, oh, okay. And then you look at the track record and you're like, it's like three MIT dudes or three MIT PhDs, basically. Yeah. Um, that have a couple of exits um, and, you know, are now onto this. So um, I just have a nice balance between um, mission and, say, 
technological capability yep. that I like. It's not just, you know, all a lot of, sometimes on mission focused projects, it becomes more about fluff and brochure and goals and aspirations versus product. And that's what I kind of really liked about this when I started digging in was all the product that's already there, yep. you know, within the mission. So Absolutely. it's actually, and, and that social connect product of, you know, the mobile first perspective, again, we know how important that is globally. Yep. Um, and, and then the easy ability to send crypto to someone in your contact list on your phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. versus not needing to know anything. I mean, that, that to me is super impressive too. So, absolutely. so, you know, if you want guys that are smart, if you're developer focused or you like projects with, with top tier hardcore developers with expertise and track records, you know, this is definitely one to pay attention to um, from my perspective. And you guys know, I talk about execution risk a lot. Yep. So these guys have a nice balance between, you know, uh, projects that products that work and add value to massive decentralized communities, Yeah. you know, on top of a cool mission. So absolutely. Absolutely. No, fantastic. Uh, I'm really glad uh, you and Charlie worked to get him on. I think he's, uh, I think he's great. Are you wearing a, a cello shirt? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm wearing some cello swag that he gave I, me at the show. I, I didn't get any cello swag at the show. Yeah, that's because I, I told you, you know, it's like it was, you know, we took us a while to find you after that happy hour when we find you in that ditch, you know, in the alley <laughs> between the two buildings. Luckily still clothed, uh, Mrs. Nickel. But um the point is that um, you know, that's when all the swag came out. So uh, once we got you up after lunch, you uh, you know, you kind of missed out. But uh, yeah. um no, I think you were at that swanky I was at that French lunch. lunch with Yev. So yeah, that, that was actually um, a lot of that was actually good. So well, yeah. that's great, man. Let's wrap it up. You good? Good to go, man. Awesome. Right. So tomorrow we don't have Sean, right? Uh, Shizzy says, Brad, you're always talking about what we need. Bankless on and off ramps and Fiat Connect is just building. Great to know. Crazy that Kickstarter is decentralizing. Yeah, I had yeah. no friggin' clue, man. And it, here's what's really interesting it's like this protocol is just like kind of understated and quiet, right? I mean, we've heard of them in the periphery, but not really. Backed by A16Z, every major protocol I can think of is somehow involved with them. Kickstarter is decentralizing on their platform. You know, all this social impact work they're doing. It's just amazing to me sometimes to think about the man hours, the money, the time, the investment, the communities that are being built all over this space that are like this. And they're just like churning away. And it's like, what the hell? I, 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 I can't even keep up with it all. But yeah, man, definitely shizzy. Uh, it's really great to know that Fiat Connect is brilliant and the fact that they open source that and didn't start a separate company to preserve it up is is amazing like because you know here in the u.s to connect to to a developer to connect bank accounts you just load plaid into your code for in like 10 seconds and bam any bank in the country can be connected into an application right and plaid now does um crypto and all kinds of stuff but to do that for every country in the world or start to doing it for as many countries as they can in the world is really fantastic. That's that's great. That that's a great well, ecosystem benefit. It, it kind of comes to like bring it full circle to the way we started the show real quickly, and you know how you know our general sentiments as to what's happening in the space, despite all the loud noise. Um, and then you run into a project like this, and you realize, oh, okay, mobile first. Okay, rest of the world um, seems first to me in a lot of ways. Um, you see all these protocols for sending crypto around through mobile phones, 
that, you know, make it easy for everyone and seamless. We just bypass all the hard infrastructure stuff. I mean, again, what does this show us? This shows us massive international uptake yep. on, on, on crypto technology. So yeah. it's already here. There's a lot of noise about, you know, the markets these days. But when you see something like this and you think about, wow, okay, so here come 3 billion users that probably aren't in the system yet. Exactly. Um, and, you know, you want to talk about banking unbanked and getting access to, yeah. you know, different protocols and bypassing oligarchic structures and home countries. I mean, these are the type of plays that get me excited. Yep. Um, just for all of those reasons. And, and then you throw massive tech brain power behind it with a, you know, kind of a, a social mission, but not like, all the social mission, you know, it's like it has the regular components in there too, just with a common goods framework. A lot like your, you know, your buddies at Canto in some ways. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which I think is a, the sort of the social themes that we all think make sense. And not all of us, but a lot of us think make sense. So, <laughs> you know, I like it. Yeah. So I'm glad. That, I just wish I'd had my hat to wear. I had the stay low beanie too, but oh, my yeah. daughter commandeered that one. Got so. all the shit. You got all the yeah. shit, except I've got a stack yeah. of freaking merch sitting upstairs. <laughs> Nobody's got it. So. Yeah, no, I mean, there's certain stuff that I really like and then other stuff that, you know, it's too hot to wear around yeah, here. Like we're yeah. not really running around in beanies. Well, yeah, <laughs> the kids are. that's why your daughter took it. Yeah. Yeah. She snatched that one and uh, she snatched the B&B &B chain one. Um, but, you know, to me, I think this is what, you know, the genie is the corks out of the bottle, man. Yep. This stuff is happening no matter what happens. And, you know, and then we see this product, the Fiat Connect, which I believe is, you know, on ramps anywhere, you know, on ramp, off ramps everywhere. And I looked at what they're doing in different countries, offering payments and incentives for people to integrate into apps in countries. So, yep. I mean, what if it just turns out where one day you could just on ramp and off ramp seamlessly from anywhere and it goes right into your bank accounts and maybe Absolutely. you could just set it up right away, yep. you know, or, or it's just seamless. We're not going to see it. It's just going to, you know, it's like plugging into the wall. So I find all of this really refreshing and rejuvenating. So do I, I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. So Absolutely. anyhow, I know you got a lot to do. We've kind of ran over. So I will. Yep. Um, all right. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and watching. I um, hope uh, if you do, please take uh, a moment to uh, like, subscribe, review us on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Make sure you smash that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube so that we get a boost in the algorithm. Um, if you haven't yet, don't forget to join the uh, best community in DeFi. And that is t.me forward slash mission DeFi, t.me forward slash slash mission DeFi. appreciate y'all being here shizzy chuck niblets thanks so much for participating in the conversation today joe i hope you have a great afternoon you too buddy and we'll again tomorrow we don't have sean right we do not have sean all right so, so we could just shoot bullshit yeah, all right good I thought we'd all do right. some degenerate shit tomorrow maybe look up some apis yeah. check out some projects that kind of shit yeah, I saw some good ones over on uh, Camelot this morning when I was just Beautiful. trolling through there. Let's look at Salo and see what we can find there. Yeah. Maybe bring up idea. some new stuff. All right, cool. All right, you have Take a great care. afternoon, buddy. All right, All right see care, you buddy. tomorrow. Bye -bye. See everyone. Cheers.